Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Good morning, Rez. What a great time of celebrating what the Lord is doing and seeing Him work and move among us. I uh, also celebrate. I could see those hands against the background of the wall there. You were raising your hands to pray for Christ to come into your life. I agree with Daniel. There's just no greater decision you're going to make in your life, and I'm so proud of you for recognizing that you need Him as your Lord and Savior. And I pray that the Lord will walk with you and begin to strengthen you. And after the service, there will be those who will meet with you and talk to you about that. But I'm just so thankful you're here. I also feel a great responsibility this morning. In 2023, as I began the year, um, you will remember when I came here the first time, I said that I feel the responsibility of saying Christ's name clearly to you. And that has deepened inside me this morning. This is a huge responsibility. I feel accountable to the Lord for the things I'm going to say. And I'm going to talk to you about how we sometimes in life are broken and hurting and what this represents. We come and we ask the Lord Jesus to forgive our sins. And this water of baptism represents the surrender that we put ourselves completely in him. And he washes us and brings us up fresh and new. And we walk out of the water. And I want you to know this path right here. I've been on this path for a while. It's not always easy. For those of you who got baptized this morning and you thought, well, it's just going to be, no, sometimes it's going to be challenging. And I'm going to share a Bible story today to, to tell you what that means. And what really matters is that we're committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I brought a little stool today to represent what I'm going to attempt to share with you. I'm going to show you the life of a man who got his life, what I would call, out of balance. He, he, he lost the ability to keep his life balanced with his body and his soul and his spirit, the three parts of us that have to be balanced in order for us to sit strong in the Lord. And I want to talk about that today because some of you are here today and one of those three elements of your life, your body, physically, your soul, the mental part of your life, or the spirit, one of them's out of whack. And you've come here today and you go, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I, I should be so out of balance, but I'm not sitting straight. I'm, I'm falling down and I'm not doing well. And today that might represent you, the stool sitting on the ground. It's just, it's just not in balance. One of the legs is not in proper place. And today I'm going to talk about the three parts of your life, your body, your soul, and your spirit, and making sure those are solid and steady so you can sit in a place where you fully honor Christ. And that's what I'm praying. Those of you who got baptized, those of you who came today as guests, of those who are getting baptized, you're going, wow, I've never seen such a party. We do celebrate when people commit their lives fully to the Lord. And now I want to talk about the walk that comes after. And I'm going to do that by telling you a story of someone who did the same kind of thing, dedicated to the Lord, following God Almighty. And then I want to talk to you about what happened in their life. And it's a man that you're going to know his name. As soon as I say it, you're going to be, oh, I like that story. Well, it's about Elijah. And most of us in here who know the Bible at all, we know some of the story of Elijah. If you've never read the Bible, don't know that story, I'll share it with you so you'll understand the story. 
Elijah lived in Israel. If we go back, this was about 870 B.C. And there was a king over Israel at the time. His name was Ahab. Ahab was a wicked man. Think about this. He was the king of Israel, but he detested following God. He had decided he was going to lead the people following Baal, a false god. So just so you know, nations that were once followers of God can turn against him. I hope you heard me. Israel was in that place. Ahab was following Baal. Ahab was married to a lady named Jezebel. We sometimes throw that name out. I remember as a kid growing up, my father would sometimes go into a store and go, look over there at that Jezebel. He shouldn't have done that. But it's a name we use for a worldly-looking woman. Jezebel was definitely a worldly lady. She detested God. She hated the one God that we serve, the one God of the universe. She followed Baal. A false God. You could kiss this God. You could go up and hug this God. You could touch this God. And the people of Israel had begun to worship Baal. That's the story we're in. And Elijah meets up with Ahab, the king. And Ahab says to Elijah, this is recorded if you'd like to read it, in 1 Kings chapter 18. I'll read from the word of God in 1 Kings 19, but this is recorded in chapter 18. Elijah and Ahab met up, and Ahab says to Elijah, you're the troublemaker in my country. And Elijah's like, no, I'm not. He goes, yeah, you teach people to serve the one true God. We want to worship Baal. And Elijah's like, well, I'm not your problem. I'm going to serve the one true God. If you want to worship Baal, you can, but it's false teaching. Elijah stood strong against Ahab. I want you to note that because in a few moments you're going to see he did not stand strong against Jezebel. Elijah said to Ahab, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. And some of you know this story. Elijah said, we'll build two altars. You build a big old humongous altar to Baal and we'll put some meat on it and we'll sacrifice and we'll see if you can call down fire from heaven to burn the meat on your altar. And I will build an altar over here to the one true God. Now you gotta know, King Ahab had torn down all the altars of God. Elijah personally built one back and said, this will be my altar reserved for the God of God's. So that's what happened. The day came, the competition began, and Elijah said to all the prophets of Baal, there were 450 of them, so almost as many people probably in this section, all prophets. And they began to call on Baal to bring fire from heaven and destroy this altar that was a sacrificial altar. They prayed and prayed and yelled. The Bible says they started calling, got to noon, nothing had happened, started slashing their wrists, which was their custom. They would move into cutting. They cut themselves. They sacrificed themselves, etc. Nothing happened. And Elijah, he taunted them. Yell louder. Cut a little more. Seems like your God's deaf. Yell harder. Nothing happened. They went all day. Nothing. Let me just pause here for a moment and say to those of you who've made other things your God than the one true God, at the end of the day, you will end up empty. 
the gods of this earth do not meet our needs. They may give us temporary fixes, but they do not give our needs. They do not take care of our needs. And Elijah over here at the end of the day said, all right, enough of you guys. I'm tired of your deal. What's this? He called in the servants there and he said to them, hey, let's make this a little tougher. Come and soak this place. So they brought in buckets and buckets of water and they soaked the altar. He said, more, not enough. I want it drenched. They drenched it. There was so much water, it was filling the gullies around it. And then Elijah prayed. And he prayed, God of the universe, God, one of one God, please come and do what only you can do. And the Bible says fire fell from heaven and it licked up every bit of the water. It licked up every bit of the sacrifice. It burned it to a crisp. In that moment, the Israelites saw it. All these prophets saw it. And everybody turned and said, We're worshiping the wrong God. Get over here, everybody. Get over here. This is the one true God. In other words, what happened in Israel that day is revival broke out. Best way to describe it. Revival broke out. People began to turn to the one true God. And Elisha said, hey, see all those prophets? They're false teachers. They actually killed them. This is an incredible moment. Israel is being sent into a moment of revival and renewal. And now I get up to what I've been wanting to read to you. I've set all this up, and I want you to see what happened. Elijah just got out of the tank. Elijah just said, God, you've got it. And he's walking out. Woohoo! Victory! And then we get to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 1. And I read you God's word. Ahab told Jezebel, that's the king, that's his wife. Ahab told Jezebel everything God had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Now remember, this woman hates God. And she's the power behind the throne. Ahab tells Jezebel, and then the word of God says this. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying to him, may the gods, notice she uses gods, she did not change her mind. She's still sticking with Baal. She does not believe that what happened was the one true God. She's still over here. May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. In other words, you killed my prophets, Elijah. I'm coming after you. Don't forget, he just got out of the tank. He just saw a massive victory. You would think he would look and go, oh, really? Send them on. God will protect me. Not what happened. I read to you what happened to Elijah when he got that message. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he got to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there and he went a day's journey into the desert. You guys realize this is just a day after he saw God's incredible revival miracle. He's just been baptized into the power of the Lord. One day later, 
he came to a broom bush. He sat down underneath it and he prayed that he would die. Elijah is having a mental health crisis. That's what's happening. He said to the Lord, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. What happened? What happened? How do you go from here, wow, to I want to die. I have no purpose in life. What? I guess I would say the same to you. Why is it sometimes you leave church on a Sunday morning and you've experienced the power of the Lord and by Wednesday you're saying something like, what's wrong with me? I guess I'm no good. I guess God can't use me. You're having a mental health crisis. And I want you to see some things that are happening in Elijah's life that might be also happening in your life. The first thing that I see about Elijah is he began to focus on man and not on God. This woman scared him to death. I want you to notice, he wasn't afraid of her husband. When Ahab talked smart to him, he talked right back. He talked to all the prophets. He mocked them. But Jezebel, she must have been something. She must have been scary. He must have heard what she did to people. He must have heard how ruthless she was. Y'all got anybody in your life you're afraid of? I heard a little kid go, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, do, do you have people in your life that you go, they know how to kick the leg out from under my stool. They know how to say something. I have a great victory on Sunday morning and I'm praising the Lord. I'm celebrating. I cry and I leave and get in my car and I'm singing hallelujah. And by Wednesday, get the leg kicked off my stool. And I would say to you, for many of us, it's because we listen to a person. Elijah, like, like my mind goes to this. Elijah, if you just prayed for fire to fall from heaven to burn that altar up, why don't you pray for the same God to burn her up? Funny. But it's not where he goes. He gets afraid. I was watching today as all these people were being baptized. That was a row. I think it was about 100 people. First service, 30 people. A lot of people have been baptized today. There's somebody sitting in here watching all this going, I don't get it. I don't connect with it. And part of it's because you haven't experienced the one true God. Your mind spends a lot of its time on people and what they think about you. The Lord is showing this about me. I... 
I love all y'all. I appreciate all y'all, but I don't preach to please you. I preach to please the God of the universe. As I've aged, I realize sometime we'll be accountable for this message right now. And I want you to know your words won't influence this message. What I'm trying to do is I've spent time studying this word for this morning. And I believe at the end of my life, nobody else in here but me will be held accountable for what got preached this morning. And I'm responsible to God Almighty. And when you figure that out, men don't mess with you as much. I'm serious. And somebody in here needs to hear that because people kick the leg out of your stool. And you've got to start drawing a boundary that says, no more. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And that's an individual choice. And Elijah made the wrong one. He got his eyes on people. And maybe that was because he thought he'd lose his power, thought he'd lose his position, thought he'd lose that. If you lose everything in this world, but you still have your relationship with a God, you're fine. With God, you're fine. He's got you. You're eternally is secure in him, not in people. And Elijah got his focus on people. Somebody here this morning, some people have messed with you this week and you're not doing well. Your mental state is not good. Get your eyes off them. Get your eyes back on God Almighty. I told one of my children this week, set your eyes on things above, not on things of this earth. Serious. When I'm not doing well and I take a step back and look at myself, I'm usually looking at this earth. And when I get my shift back in the right position going, wait a second, I answer to you and you alone. I'm fine. That's what some of you need to do today. The world is trying to get your attention and tell you the right way to think and the right way to live. And this is what you got to do. I'm watching a culture that's breaking down around me. And I realize there are those who disagree with me on this. I don't really care because I'm watching a culture that's breaking down around us and losing its focus on the Lord God Almighty. And when that happens, there will be ensuing chaos. And I do not want to be a part of that. I want to be part of the remnant of the Lord God Almighty. And this message is titled this morning, Solid Living. Once you get out of the tank, go walk with God day by day by day. Secondly, Elijah forgot the miracle he had just witnessed. Gracious. It is crazy to me that within 24 hours from seeing that incredible miracle, he goes into a tailspin. And I want to say to you, Satan knows how to do that to all of us. He is the enemy. He is deceptive. He is deceitful. He is a tricker. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Remind yourself what he's done. When my children were little, I know Anna's somewhere in the service today. When my kids were little, we saw an incredible miracle happen in our neighborhood with something on our property, et cetera, that was just a horrendous thing that happened. And God did a miracle and brought restoration and healing. And in my house, I built for my children what I called a miracle chef. And on this miracle chef, I put a memento of that little thing that had happened in our family because I knew in a year, two years, three years, they'll forget this. But I put this little memento on the miracle chef. And even with my children, as they age, when we walk by, I'd say, remember that? Yeah, yeah, dad. I said, what was that? God did a miracle. I'd just say, don't forget that. He can do things that you can't explain. And two years after witnessing one of those, you can sometimes forget 
Some of you today aren't doing well in your walk with the Lord, but somewhere in your past, you saw him do something miraculous. You even said to yourself, I'll never walk away from the Lord again. I'll never struggle again. And here you sit. I remember a gentleman who came to me 10 years ago. He had a dream. And the dream was so real, it shook him to his core. He literally was still shaking. He said, Dan, I'm just shaking because he saw some things he didn't want to see. And he gave his life to the Lord. He prayed a life of surrender. He said, I'll never go back. Within five years, he was back to living a life worse than he had before and even worse. Because he forgot what God had done. I want you to understand, uh, God does not need to do encores to get your attention. Once he showed you something, you need to learn from that and be obedient to it. And then third, and this is the most important thing I think that happened that day was, Elijah thought he was all alone. So the person who just watched these baptisms, and you're seeing all the celebration, you're sitting here alone, and you literally have thought this week, I'm all alone. Elijah said those words to God. So no, you're not weird and you're not abnormal. Elijah said it too. Elijah literally said to the God of the universe, I am all alone. And God said back to him, no, Elijah, I reserved a remnant in Israel of 7,000 people that have not yet bowed to Baal nor kissed Baal. You don't know this, but there's 7,000 people back in Israel that believe the same thing you believe. You are not alone, son. You need to get your head out of that little sand you put it in. And I need to say today to somebody sitting in here who you feel all alone sitting here, you're like, Dad, I don't know anyone in the service. I don't know anybody. None of my family's here. I don't have any friends here. I am all alone. Let me just say something to you. I don't know you right now. We've never met, but you're not alone. I'm here with you. And those people sitting around you, they may not know your name, may not have even spoken to you. They might be uncomfortable doing that sort of thing, but I'll bet you there's somebody sitting within 10 feet of you that would pray for you that actually does love you and cares about you. You are not alone. That is a lie of the enemy. He loves to get us alone and make us feel like we're no good like Elijah. I just want to die. That's what Satan does. You are not alone this morning. One of you sitting in your bed watching online, you got up, you're really tired and you're barely listening. You are not alone. The God who created you is with you even now, even now. And Satan knows when he gets you along, he's beat the snot out of you. And you start believing things that aren't true, just like Elijah did. Remember this name, Elijah, big Bible hero, said, I'm all alone. Interesting. God put these things in the Bible to let us know we're not weird. You say, well, Dan, I've been dealing with some mental health things. Right, so did one of your buddies in the Bible. And I want you to see something. I told you this sermon is about balancing those legs. And I want to show you something. So Elijah quit taking care of himself physically, quit eating, scared to death, lost that leg. Then he began to think, well, you know what? My mental state, I, I'm not going to be able to handle I, I'm going to run into the desert. Lost that leg. 
Then he thought to himself, well, I guess God's not here with me. I'm all alone. I don't have anybody to help me. And he he felt like he was flat as a pancake. Got no purpose in life. My life's done. You just throw me away. And I want you to see something. You've probably never seen this before, even if you know this passage well. I want, you to show, I want to show you what God did for Elijah. I want you to see how he restored Elijah. He started with a flat pancake that thought he was worthless. A man who had seen the miracle and been through the tank, walked out, fell flat. And God says to him, And I want to show you these verses and I'm going to read them to you because I want you to hear the word of the Lord. The first thing he worked, look at the first thing he fixed in Elijah. Watch this. You're going to be surprised was the physical was the first thing he talked to him about. That's recorded in verse number six and seven. God brings an angel An angel touched Elijah and said to him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came back again a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. And look at the next word, strengthened by the food. Some of you in here don't take care of yourself physically. You're depressed, you're discouraged, quit eating, forget to eat. I got a buddy who forgets to eat. I'll see him sometimes. How you doing? Not so good. Well, have you eaten? No, I forgot. I don't have trouble forgetting eating. (laughs) But some of you, when you get discouraged or depressed, you stop eating. I want you to know that we have a human physical body that needs food and water. Listen to me today. Somebody in here, listen to me. Take better care of yourself. Your journey in life is not about you. It's about honoring God and being used for his service. Get this leg straight in your body. Eat healthy. Eat food. Bring nourishment to your body. It's part of the deal. You can't do what God's called you to do if you don't have a body that will let you do it. Take care of yourself. That's the first thing God did for Elijah. He worked on his body. Then he said to Elijah, now I'm going to work on your mental health. He begins to tell him, this is what I want you to do. It's recorded in verse 11. The Lord said to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. I want to tell you something. If you want to get yourself in a better mental state, picture the Lord right beside you. I want to show you something we do as a nation. Right now, our nation, I do not see us as a Christian nation at all. We're following lots of false gods and everything else. But when a crisis happens, it's interesting to me, almost everybody says, let's pray, let's go to God. Let me tell you why. Mentally, when you're in a middle situation that's very difficult, knowing God is close brings peace. And today, I want to say to you, seek the Lord That's where peace is found. Watch this. God said to Elijah, go up on the mountain, Elijah. I'm going to pass by. And I bet Elijah's like, oh, I got the strength now. My body's good. Okay, I can go. I can climb this mountain. Couldn't have climbed it if you didn't have nourishment in his body. So God cleaned that up, got him up on the mountain. And now Elijah's on the mountain going, oh, the Lord's presence is going to sweep by me. 
and there came a massive wind. And y'all know what y'all have been thinking just like me. If that wind started whipping through those trees and through those rocks in that mountain, you'd be thinking to yourself, here's God, here he comes. But God, God wasn't in the wind. And then there was a crazy earthquake. Shook the rocks around him. You know, hey, if we're standing, here he is, this is God. God wasn't in the earthquake. Then God brought fire. You think that might have reminded Elijah what happened about a month ago? Here comes that fire again. This is God. And God was not in the fire. And then the Bible says there was a gentle whisper. Shh. Got to be quiet to hear it. Now, let's all just be honest. We love when God shows up with the big stuff. God, let a tree fall right in front of the house and I'll know you're here. And God's like, no, I'm not in the tree falling. I'm not into all that. Sometimes I come in a gentle whisper and here's the point I think of this whole story. Listen to me very carefully. Don't try to tell God how to do what God does. Let him do his thing and you just listen. Pay attention. It might be in the still, still, small voice. And in that small voice, you go, ah, that's for me. And he restores you. But he's not done, see? We just got two legs. Elijah still was two-legged. He needed that third for the balance. And God says to him, Elijah, now that I've restored your body, Now that I got you thinking back clearly again, here's your spiritual calling. And Elijah is told by God Almighty what he wants him to do. God says in verse 15 to Elijah, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Anoint Jehu, son of Nimshah, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Snapchat from Abel. Not Snapchat, but it looks like it, so I'm calling it that. <laughs> and you're going to go home and read it in the Bible. It's really close. In fact, I find myself thinking, I'm getting the, I think they're getting the name for these companies out of the Old Testament. <laughs> and Elijah did what God called him to do. He got his life back in order. And I've come to ask you a question which part of you is out of whack today for the purpose God put you on the earth. Sometimes we get, I'm going to talk about this tonight, sometimes we get more focused on one particular area. So we get our physical really, really strong. We, we grow our physical leg three inches stronger. Well, you see, that's going to make you sit at a tilt. Or you spend all your time, all you do is ever read the Bible. You read, the, you never talk to anybody, all you do is read the Bible. Your spiritual leg is incredibly strong, but you're out of touch. You're out of balance. Mentally, struggle a lot. That leg gets out of whack, so you are always tilted. And if you imagine sitting on this stool, my friend Tom shared this thought with me. If you sit on that stool all day long and it's tilted three inches. Do you know what your back feels like at the end of the day? 
And today I'm saying as you leave the tank, those of you who are baptized, the rest of us who have been followers of Christ as we continue this journey of life, some of you who are considering it today and made that decision and you'll be taking this step of faith, let's be more committed to going and living like we really are solid in the Lord God Almighty with our day-to-day walk because God needs some solid stools in this world. That's you. Own today whatever it is you need to own about your stool and say, God, help me with that. I've got that one leg. I've got it out of whack. I need your help with it. Let him give you proper balance as he did Elijah. This is one of your Bible heroes. Did you hear me say he had a mental health crisis? He went into depression. But God helped him turn it around. And my prayer for you today is that you would take the step you need to take no matter your age, that you would say, I'm going to be more solid for the journey God has for me. Because I'm telling y'all, the reason I'm trying to get more solid is I believe I'm supposed to be a really excellent preacher of God's word in the years ahead. I, I'm, I want to do that the best of my, I want to be as solid a preacher as I can be. Why? Because the world is going to need it. And I want to be solid in knowing why I believe what I believe and why I preach what I preach. And I want you to be the same. If preachers are ever taken away in our society, I want you to be good because your solidity is found in God Almighty and not in a preacher. And let me say this to you. Always remember this. God is never far from his word. Study his word. Know this book. God is never far from his word. And I want you to take this little challenge today and I want you to apply it to your life. And I'm gonna pray for the Lord to bless you as you leave here today. I've just tried to give you solid teaching from God Almighty's word. It is a privilege to preach his gospel. And today it's a privilege for you to hear from the word of the Lord. Do not take that for granted. Father God, we pause. All of us have a stool. Some of ours is out of whack. I pray today you would help us to be more balanced in our walk with you. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. And today, as we walk from the tank and walk out in this world, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil. Because all of the power, all the glory belongs to you. We celebrate you this morning. You're our awesome God. You are the one who comes through fire and then also through a whisper. Help us to be obedient listeners. Guard over us as we leave here today. I ask this in Jesus' mighty name, and we all say together, amen. Thank you so much for your kindness and listening. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.